a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Guys, I'm gonna cry. I love this podcast so much. But you hate this book so much. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, it's like such a weird feeling because I just finished doing my pre-read of The Order of the Phoenix I and I I hated it. Yeah. It's 900 pages of awful. But like, I've been getting so excited about getting to talk to my friends every week about how much I hate it. Like, I love this podcast so much. <laughs> you're, you're officially a Blink-182 song. You're sad, but you're happy to be sad. And so it actually comes off happy, even though like you're not, you're not like if you read the lyrics, you're not happy, but like. And you can find me at Warp Tour. See, I was going to say you're like Blink-182 because you're distinctly in your 30s, but you're fueled by 14 year old angst. <laughs> it's true. It, it works on so many levels. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the restricted section. I feel like I can't stop smiling. I feel like you can hear it in my voice. Are you ready to get angsty? Yes! Trust me. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot of room for angst in my life right now, but I'm willing to indulge for purely this purpose. Thank you so much. A big, big welcome back to emo kid number one, Andrew. Say hello to the listeners, Andrew. Hello. <laughs> that was emo, that was stoner not emo i'm sorry i'm gonna <laughs> take that oh, he hello. can't not take everything he oh. does is is stoner crossover emo stoner <laughs> crossover he could be a male cheerleader stoner crossover he can be on the color guard stoner crossover <laughs> those are the only types of people i don't know it's just the energy he brings <laughs> andrew uh. how was your summer my summer was fantastic thank you for asking yeah, of course. Do you care to elaborate or would you rather just leave us in this air of mystery? Just take whatever you think would be fantastic and assume that it was that. That's what he did. Can you imagine? He's so lucky. Listener, fill in the blank and you'd be amazed at how great I was had a summer of. How great my summer was. That would be a normal human way to say that. Grammar good. Grammar so good. I'm getting I'm I'm shaking the dust off talking because I didn't talk all summer. <laughs> that was the only rule <laughs> is <laughs> that you got to save all that material. And I didn't understand what Tina meant. I thought it sounded dumb, but that just meant I didn't talk all summer. So he took a vow of silence. You were on voice rest. <laughs> they call it in the industry. The opposite of voice rest is yesterday. I recorded all 38 episode intros for the whole season in one sitting. And I got to the <laughs> In the beginning, I felt like I was doing a really cute podcast voice, Harry Potter. And then by the end, I was like, serious dice in this one, guys. It's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it matched the tone of the book. For the listeners at home, everybody just made a face when she said that she recorded all of them in one go. That was all equal parts horrified. Like everyone yeah. was the same amount of horrified. Voice yeah. so good. I, I'm going to feel dumb the second I finished the sentence, have any of you ever had to leave a party because you were talking so much that your your voice was going? No, because I'm an no. introvert. <laughs> I've never talked that much in my life. <laughs> I've talked that much in my life, like a lot of the days of my life. 
I just don't understand why you would leave at that point. Like push through the plant, like push through the pain, push through the pain. No, it's like so annoying to like be in a social, so- whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, anytime that happens, you can just find me and Haley will usually hit a point where we're sitting on the couch, just nodding at each other. And like, (laughs) it's because we're at the same level of emotionally done with it. Yep. Come join us. Waiting. Maybe Jason with his guitar. Yep. Oh yeah. It's, it's usually just me like getting to the point where I'm like, yeah, I can walk in a straight line and get home. Oh, Haley, Mia's having a barbecue on Friday. Friday, If you want to (laughs) go. I mean, Brooke, you're invited too. I'm just making assumptions here. This is the most full week I think I've had in years. I don't even know what I'm doing on Friday, but if I'm not doing anything already. Oh, sweetie, is your schedule full? Oh my God. It's the worst. It's actually horrible. Yes, it is. It is. I'm not equipped for this. I'm like a southerner in Canada in winter. (laughs) It's just, is it objectively the worst thing in the world? No, because the people that do it all the time are fine. I don't. So I'm not. Are we going to get introduced? I I was just going to say, I don't know why I wrote introductions for this episode. Like anyone doesn't know who you are. Like we weren't going to talk for like 45 fucking minutes before I got to welcome back to emo kid number two, Brooke. Say hello to the listeners, Brooke. (sighs) Fucking whatever. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) How has your summer been? Um, Great. Been working on growing a human being and that. Still sucks. working on that, huh? Still sucks. Wow, we took a hiatus and came back and you're still pregnant. <sighs> yeah, don't do it, kids. It sucks. <laughs> don't do it, kids. You heard it here first. Actually, you heard it over on Content and Capable first when Sean and I did that episode about being child-free by choice. And a fucking welcome back to emo kid number three, Haley. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Do I have to? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Oh, well, yeah, I don't know what that was. As I was I was going for uh, my version of emo from back in the day, which was I just don't want to be here because I never did, no matter where here was. <laughs> I forgot that blank stares don't read in po- a podcast format. I think also <laughs> maybe, Haley, you were just like an internet emo kid. I, I can't imagine you actually giving Bridget emo sass. You'd be surprised. Let's get Bridget on an episode. Let's get her to do the voices. Wait, Haley, would she? She has a government yeah, yeah. job. I don't know if she should. No, I've uh, I have actually asked her if she um like would be interested in maybe reading like a Christmas chapter as like a bonus episode and like mm. in in the voice. That sounds would be lovely. Wonderful. Okay, so we'll talk about that off. We're doing a lot of off air conversations on air right now, and that's just that's just perfect. Haley, how has your summer been? I've spent a lot of it staring at walls. Okay. Um, but I did get I did get some interesting antiques. So there's cool. that. Fuck yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Christina. You probably know that already. And if you don't, welcome to the show. If you started listening to the restricted section over the summer while we were on hiatus and you've caught up to now. Oh, my God. Welcome. You've made it. Unless it's next next week and then you're still behind. <laughs> But you're so close. You're Even so if that's close. the case, you're so close. Even, But what if they... Well, it doesn't matter. You're like <laughs> one bad commute away from being there. In two years, someone's going to be starting at this point for some random person or get to this point and be like, I'm almost... Oh, wait, no, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Just... Guys, I've had like a really, really, really bad summer. Oh, were you waiting for one of us to ask you? We're so rude. No, I wrote in my notes, tell them you've had a bad summer. Because so I, too, am having an angsty, hairy summer. 
Yeah. I, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. My grandmother died. My family dog died. My husband's best friend died. Other, like, more than a couple other people that I'm not mentioning in my life have died. How crazy is that? Everyone's been dying. And the brewery that I was working at closed. They ran out of money and shut the doors. So I'm unemployed. And what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, I... Oh, I fucking thought that this is a great time to experiment with quitting alcohol. Fucking perfect. Well, you know, I guess at the very least, you've been able to fill the void by uh, reading Harry Potter oh, and the Order of the Phoenix. My God, that <laughs> nothing has ever filled my void less. So, <laughs> Tina, do you and Sean have an established screaming room at this point? Or... Yeah. Is it uh, like is it like okay to just let it out whenever it hits you? That's or... why we have a walk-in closet. Okay, okay, cool. Filling the void about as well as Harry fills Cho's void in this entire. Oh, <laughs> oh! oh got Shots preemptively fired. That's also what he would do. So. <laughs> <laughs> say something and then I miss a joke because my mouth is running and then everyone's laughing and I'm like man I missed a good one I'm gonna chuckle on the playback for sure <laughs> Andrew made an excellent premature ejaculation joke Thank nice you. those are strong those are good I, jokes I never thought I would get a compliment from Brooke on a premature ejaculation joke so yeah, I'm gonna uh, send you that audio clip Andrew so you can put it as your text that's my new text tone exactly <laughs> like <laughs> So, yeah, all of these things happening to me. And then I was like, well, I need to read Order of the Phoenix before the summer is over. So (laughs) Harry was being a brat and I was like, I don't love it, but I get it. (laughs) Today we're here to talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. You may have noticed we haven't covered it yet on the podcast. So this is a... Uh, uh, pre-game, if you will. Pre-game can still get you pregnant. Haha, good. Just as good as your pre-ejaculation joke that I missed, Andrew. Or not quite up to snuff. No. Uh, it, was, it was great. It was great. Okay. So we're here to like chit-chat about Order of the Phoenix, what we remember, what we're anticipating, and we have some listener emails and reviews and questions, and we're just gonna get right down to it. Are you all ready? Hi, Captain. Oh, yeah. Brooke, please say I have no memory of this place anytime we mention something that you don't remember from book five. Oh, God, that's going to be a lot. (laughs) Wait, are you even planning on reading this book because of the uh, impending baby? Um, I probably will. The thing about babies is that you have a lot of free time and no free time. <laughs> yeah. So just enough free time to eventually read Order of the Phoenix. Isn't that what they call hurry up and wait in the military? You need exactly mm-hmm. the kind of free time where you have to be able to fill it with things for your oh shit. What just happened to you? Can you <laughs> hold on? Michael. What just happened? Michael, to you? something like fell off. Everything camera. has gone wrong. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Your pregnant wife needs For, you. Forget the dog. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Just we're gonna put that back where it was. Can you just like you know? Thank... I'm taking a okay. <laughs> thank you. Whatever was oh, that? 
everything has gone wrong, I need you. <laughs> Can I just say, I think all of us stayed mighty calm when we heard our heavily pregnant friend go, oh God, Michael, everything's gone wrong. I need you. Don't worry about the dog. It wouldn't be the first labor that this podcast has induced, honestly. Oh, man. <laughs> it's it's way less stressful than that. Does um, something fall on you? Or I, yeah, on you? yeah, yeah. So I, I got like a um, like a folding screen, like a canvas folding screen to go over the like open entryway between my office and the hallway because it cuts mm. down on echo and it creates a nice divider between me and the dog for when I'm doing work things. Oh yeah, uh, and podcast things. I'm literally crying. <laughs> my, <laughs> Maple just took a running jump into the screen and knocked it over, and I you just will saw not be it, separated from her. Just saw it coming for me, oh, and I no. caught it like a wall, just a wall falling on your face. Yeah, and I caught it, but like I don't currently have the mobility. Due to do to, anything else. To do anything else. Oh, no, <laughs> yes. So it's just like, Michael, please Just, just Atlas holding the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like holding this like wall segment. <laughs> and oh, Michael comes around the corner, sees this scenario and decides that the best thing he can do is just put a leash on the dog. And so that's why I was like, forget the dog. God, uh. <laughs> I need you. Everything has gone wrong. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Glad you're okay, sweetie. It's okay. We're we're fine. We're good. Every almost emergency that you have experienced since becoming pregnant, you have been the most calm person in that situation. There was the time you almost fell down my stairs. Oh, the time yeah. you almost fell off the medicine ball. Mm-hmm. And this, no, she uh, fell off did. the medicine ball. The it was like so. It was like flat Stanley, though. She oh, just like, she just like, like fluttered was... to the ground. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't. It wasn't not a fall. It was for sure a fall. But it was a very slow, controlled, resigned fall my, of just like no nope, nope, it's happening it's happening my theater training kicked in i was like i know how to mitigate this scenario i'm still going down but like certainly it won't be dangerous i love that so much okay so brooke you're due in september is this the last time we're gonna see you for a while like when might people expect to hear your dulcet tones on the show again um probably i'm taking the american uh insufficient maternity leave gap of 12 weeks away from everything that i know yeah, you um, know, the enough time to fully bond with your child before you, know. you send it into the wild. And recover Perfect. from yeah. putting your body through a trauma. Yeah, I need to get to a point with this podcast where I can get, like, I can make time for about two hours worth of recording without having to feed a human from my body. Right, okay. Um, so at, at the point where that is possible, which is probably going to be sometime in late November. Uh, I was going to say maybe like in time for Christmas. Yes, I will. I will okay. rejoin the cast. So we'll miss you, but that's why I'm glad to get you on this uh, this episode um, so we can get... I always like to have you on our like pre-game episodes because you're the only one who doesn't remember anything. God, I don't remember fucking anything about this whole book series. <laughs> this whole book, I think, is going to like shock you <laughs> if, if you don't remember any of it. It's like so ridiculous. So what I will say is I've been obviously reading a lot of parenting blogs recently. And, like, how to introduce your ha- kids to Harry Potter is a whole topic, as you might imagine. Yeah. We talked about that in, like, our first or second episode ever. hmm And this book is the dividing line for most parents, where they're, like, most people agree that you can start your kids on Harry Potter sometime around seven or eight. 
but that most kids will need a couple of years maturity break in between the fourth and the fifth book because of the tone shift and yeah, the there's increased so death. much. There's yeah. so much in Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. That traumatizes me as a 30 year old right right and like we had that gap built in just by like the books coming out like it just it just didn't exist yet right and so it's like you could hypothetically start your kids at eight and then by like nine they're caught up to book four you know what i mean this came out in 2003 i was 12 in 2003 so i feel like that was too fucking young for this actually Uh, i I don't know i was like no i was like 11 and i I remember reading through it with my mom and like it was it was intense, but I was okay. I was yeah. in middle school. Middle school is exactly the age that you need to be in in order for this book <laughs> to, to get emotionally connect. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. You, you need to be validated. You're right about that. I was thirteen. I was just finished with eighth grade, and it was the perfect timing for me to read this book. <laughs> I was in the pretty high. sure I had like just gotten my period, which is the perfect moment to indulge in just raw teenage angst and what the fuck is uh, going on in your life. Yeah. I probably like learned a lot from this book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The like you can't trust the government. Yeah. <laughs> learned True. that one real quick. I, I distinctly remember reading this book and being like, is that what kissing is going to be like? Oh, yeah. No, the answer is no. The wet, teary kissing is a memory that I distinctly have. Oh, it's so good. Well, this and the crazy thing is that this book will like murder people and like torture kids, but they fade to black on the chaste first kiss. (laughs) Honestly, with how poorly written, I feel like I remember the Ginny kiss being later. I'm I'm kind of just always good with the fade to black on physical intimacy <laughs> in this series. we actually don't have to try you could just <laughs> yeah it was I, I think in this one it's kind of funnier that it's done that way because you just get harry's stupid teenage boy perspective yeah. on the experience yeah. afterwards it's really it's really fucking funny and hermione <laughs> is so business like about it she's like did you guys kiss Mm, I knew you would. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I have assessed that correctly. (laughs) Hermione is the kid who has known about the birds and the bees since she was like two. Oh, she Hermione Granger definitely her parents read to her. uh, Where do I come from? Yeah, (laughs) the book that you should show to your children to describe to them where they come from. Oh, are you stealing my plug, asshole? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. (laughs) 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 Oh boy. okay so the very first thing we're gonna do is the best thing we're gonna do this whole episode and it's actually (laughs) the best thing that has happened to me all summer i need to read this review that i found on apple podcast oh i uh, you may know i produce books for a living i read you know a book or two a week i see a lot of writing and this is some of the most compelling writing i've ever seen in my life okay Wait, this wait, is a hold, review. Hold on, hold on one second. Okay. Andrew's not ready. I'll do it too. Okay, I think. I just I felt all, like that I, was necessary. I think necessary. we all get yeah. shout outs in this. So I, I actually, well, whatever. Oh, I for sure do. This is an Apple podcast review by a person called Leaf Glore. Leaf Glore, if you're out there listening, I want you to know that I love you. Yes. This is so <laughs> fucking funny. Okay. Subject line, terrible yet enticing. (laughs) Here's the body of the review. 
This pod is a great idea and satisfies my itch for Harry Potter content. Yet the hosts are infuriating, annoying, and inept at audio discussion. Mm -hmm. I somehow love it in a way I can't even figure out for myself. (laughs) But I'm so tired of listening to every single one of the five, six hosts give their unimaginative opinion for five plus minutes on every little line of every chapter. The wild theories they came up with are dumb, and they all think they're so important. They are so knowledgeable about the Harry Potter world, yet get so many things wrong with the silly theories they each derive. There's a corporate middle manager that will constantly complain about how how difficult her life is, quote, as a manager. Any chance she will get. Uh, Not like the other girl's dorky introvert and the bro Jim manly gorilla that they have for, I guess, diversity is the most annoying. I have to skip ahead every time he talks. But for anyone that needs everything put into sports terms for you, he's got your back. The women are all kind of mean to each other, but in a subtle way. And at the end, there's always five minutes of Netflix recommendations that they for some reason mislabel as plugs. I guess because they don't have any other interesting things going on to promote. I hate it and I love it. We'll keep listening for sure. Four stars. (laughs) never gets old. It doesn't. It's just so right, honestly. (laughs) Not not a single one of these things is a whiff, except for I think that this person maybe left this review before they caught up because they talk about five or six hosts, which we did used to have more hosts, and that was wrong. You're you're right about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the the audio was not great. It did take us a while to figure out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then the note where they say they that we do five minutes of Netflix plugs because we don't have any other interesting things going on to promote. I, I have a business now that I promote a lot in addition to five minutes worth of Netflix recommendations. So I'm just saying. <laughs> we branched up. out. We have HBO <laughs> Go recommendations. We have. <laughs> People change. <laughs> we have Hulu recommendations. We have all the services. I gave a crackle recommendation. No, I didn't. I'm pretty sure I recently plugged chips and queso, so this review is more <laughs> out of pocket. Wait, that's true. You did plug chips and you queso. Did. Well, I was there. Brooke, as a manager, you know, how do you feel chips and okay. queso? This is a very that manager important... could be anyone. Yeah, that's a very important question I would like to have settled. Okay, on so Twitter. let's let's do this line by line. Okay. Um, okay. A corporate middle manager that will constantly complain about how difficult her life is as a manager. That's either Brooke mm-hmm. or Leela or Mary Payton. Yeah. I I feel like the in the early days, Leela didn't wasn't on. Yeah, Leela wasn't a friend yet. Yeah. So I think it's either me or Mary Payton. And yeah. I, I can't. You guys both talked about it a we lot. We both did, yeah. Because it was your job. It was very <laughs> integral to who I was and what I was doing at the time. Yeah, so that could be either of you. Um, not spe- not enough information. Please provide. Please update your review to be more specific. <laughs> like, can we can we please do a Twitter poll of like in the early eps who is the most annoying oh, yeah, middle okay. manager, Mary Payton or Brooke? Because I would really well, like to know. Speaking of most annoying, the bro Jim manly gorilla that we have for <laughs> diversity. We he we do have him for diversity. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of girls on this podcast. And and we're there's too many English majors but or adjacent. I feel yeah. like that's strong contention again for the early episodes. Either Andrew or Michael, who was there mm-hmm. for all the early episodes. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, I, no, I've been I've been wondering myself. 
I think it's Andrew because for anyone that needs everything put into sports terms for you, Michael has never put anything on this podcast into sports terms. It's always into music and pop culture terms. I think in the early days he did, though, because he was just trying to be a contentious asshole. Uh, hmm. Diversity. See, we need more diversity like that. <laughs> yeah, we or, need more assholes on this podcast. I, Apparently I think- we're all already <laughs> subtly mean to each other. That's my favorite line. <laughs> The women, honestly, are, the women are all kind of mean to each other, but in a subtle way. That's my favorite line because we're not trying to be subtle. No, <laughs> we're, ju- we're just friends with each other. It's just banter. <laughs> yeah. Where are you from, fucking Minnesota? That you think that we're like mean to each other in a non-friendly way? I feel like I'm always mean to everyone because I'm trying to always get, I think, especially on the chapter episodes, I'm always trying to get everyone to shut up so we can talk about the next thing. So I feel like that comes out across as mean sometimes. Christina, in many ways, you're an inspiration to me and have been since we met because you're really good at being mean without upsetting people. Oh, wait, that's, that's like a great compliment. That's actually, I don't that's know really how you pull it off, yeah. right? It's like it's it, it's an art and I've been trying to learn it through observation. And like I'm it's I it's been like five years. We've been friends for like five years and I'm still trying to fucking figure out figure out how you do it. You'll never <laughs> learn my wiles. That was like a hard sentence to say, and it didn't, it didn't ultimately really wiles. make sense. <laughs> no, I, I just think that, you know, we're, I mean, also, it is worth noting for most of us, like, who we are on this podcast is an exaggeration of our personalities. I, I don't think that's true, because whenever you guys hang out with me, you're so fucking fun and funny all the time. I know, but like, the way, like, I'm not, like, I am not actually as contrarian in real life as i am on this podcast not to be contrarian but like (laughs) yes you are (laughs) (laughs) like here's the thing here's here's the thing are we occasionally mean to each other a little bit yes yes your Mm -hmm. friends say dumb things and you have to look at them and be like what right because (laughs) we're all at a point in our lives where we know ourselves pretty goddamn well and we know a lot of the ways in which we're kind of dumb or unreasonable or annoying or self-defeating. So when someone else points it out to us, it's not like we don't already know. <laughs> okay, my favorite, I think I think the most accurate part of this review by Leaf Glore is when they talk about how we seem to know a lot about Harry Potter, but also miss the mark every time. I think that's really no, spot that's on. Very, very true. <laughs> like I, I can feel it as it's happening, but there's not much mm. I can do to like alter the course, you know? <laughs> Didn't we call a character like an incorrect name for an entire episode? That was episode Fantastic Beast. That was um, <laughs> we called him Jacob Jonathan for the entire Fantastic Beast episode. To be fair, there are only ten guys' names in existence, and sometimes you get them mixed up. <laughs> I love that review a lot. Um, if you want to leave this this de- dedicated of a review for us, I'll read it on the podcast. Consider, consider <laughs> giving us five stars. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the, the best part to me. That's the bow mm-hmm. on top. It's because the four stars. any other time I'd be mad to get four out of five, I'd be like, come on. Like, come on. No, but, but the, they justified it. They so justified thoroughly. it perfectly. Like, <laughs> it, 
it's the mark of a perfect roast where it's done with love, right? And this was yeah, clearly like done with unwanted love. This <laughs> is someone who hates the fact that they enjoy us. And listeners, you should know by now, that's my favorite thing. If I can make you laugh at something you don't want to laugh at and do it in the worst joke possible, that's my favorite thing. And they did that to me. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. Four out of five stars. Oh. Please, Blur, please reach out to us with an update if you're still listening. Because yeah, I want to know if we more. Yeah, I want to know if you make it annoying. all the way. <laughs> uh, we've definitely shifted the amount. We're the same amount of annoying, but it's like a little bit different now. <laughs> it's, it's the same amount of annoying with higher production quality. Yeah, yeah less yeah, concentrated, exactly. higher production quality. It's on purpose now. <laughs> Okay, we have to we have to wrap up Leaf Glore's review commentary. <laughs> Any final words about it other than thank you, Leaf Glore? I mean, I love I, I like that we're not uh, we're not questioning who the not like other girls nerdy introvert is. Oh, because... oh no, that's I forget Haley. to circle back. To that? <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's just Haley. That is yeah. Haley. Yep. Yeah, no, we don't need a Twitter poll for that. No, the Twitter poll is, oh is it Haley or is it and Haley? It's so funny because when you get to know Haley as a person, you're like, oh, yikes, she is not like other girls. Uh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's what they meant. <laughs> okay, the next thing on the docket is actually like a pretty exciting announcement of something that we have upcoming this fall. I am setting a patreon stretch goal for us so if we get five new patrons between now and october 21st 2022 we're gonna host a live stream exclusively for our patrons in which we're going to be reading my immortal aloud <gasps> are, we, are we taking turns reading I don't know i don't know yet i have so many things to plan um but i i really would love to do that so Please. if you're considering signing up for our patreon now is probably a really good time to do it it's fun over there we do cool stuff for the dollar a month tier you can get access to our discord server <laughs> the five dollar what Haley <laughs> just downed the rest of her beer <laughs> that is not a beer That's that looks not like a beer. That, is a Mike's that is a mike's hard <laughs> my bad this is a bold rock how dare you uh it is a beer I kind interrupted of my it's plug. a cider guys sorry <laughs> sorry sorry mom okay for the five dollar a month tier you get our monthly bonus episodes where which are extremely fun Th this month's episode is uh alien or wizard wizard or alien uh, which is a game that me and brooke and Haley invented it's was it Leela. was i involved I, no I, I have like such a chronic problem of dropping Haley's name where it doesn't belong. Like, I feel like in the last episode I was talking about Emily and I said Haley instead. And I accused you of asking you to borrow sports equipment from me, which is obviously something that Emily <laughs> was doing, incorrect. not Haley. <laughs> <sighs> okay, wait, I keep getting derailed. For the $10 a month tier, you get invited to our monthly Zoom happy hours, which are extremely fun. Uh, and then for the $20 a month tier, you get to come on one episode on the main feed, like per season that you are a patron. So it's very cool over there. We have a lot of cool, fun stuff. And I would love to be able to make Haley read my immortal aloud in front of an audience. Um, <laughs> so 
So please sign up for the Patreon. Do, 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 Wait, do. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm confused. I'm confused. You told me that those pictures were going to be used for Patreon tier, and you were very forceful when you said I had to take them. And now <laughs> you didn't mention anything about pictures. What? Okay, we'll have this discussion off air. I'm there sorry. Was, I'm there was very a legitimate mad. discussion. Speaking of our early days, into leaf floor. There was an early discussion about making one of our Patreon tiers just that you get a single pixel of my tits every month mailed to you and that you can eventually assemble into a picture of that's my how tits. you get like longevity that's how you get that's how you get people to, to stay with you i forgot all about yes that. oh man there is a very lovely picture that christina had commissioned for me for my birthday of me as a topless centaur oh yeah it is framed. It hangs in my house. Michael decided to put it like downstairs in like a very public place in our house. And we <laughs> recently had our baby shower. And so all of my family mm. and my aunt mm. were over and stuff. It's mm. hanging right outside the the only bathroom on our first floor. Yeah. So um, that's an, in a position of honor. Yeah. It's it's strategically located. <laughs> so, I'm like so no one misses it. Showing my family around my house <laughs> and everybody. I watched my mother, my father, my sister, my aunt, and my 10-year-old cousin all clock it and make the same decision to not bring it up. Wow. See, now now I want to, like, get your sister involved and have her start dropping, like, fake intel to the family. Like, yeah, she actually sat. That was a commissioned work. Like, they they worked for several weeks to get the shape of everything right. Like, it is to scale. That is... <laughs> I just think that like my family would like gloss right over it. Like they they would be equal parts not surprised and like <laughs> and just not wanting to address it. The old wasp sidestep. Yeah. <laughs> if you are in the states and you want a, a a Haley and a Brooke bookmark, I would love to mail you one. Just to DM me your address. My I mine is fully dressed. Yeah, Haley's is more witch vibey, and Brooks is not sexual. It's extremely majestic. I it love is. it. I have a stock of my own book self as a bookmark, and I it's my <laughs> one favorite flex when I'm reading in public. I always put it out on the table pretty prominently. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. You should leave them about town, and people will be very confused. No one's ever asked for it. They're about it. You know what I mean? Like, I keep three for myself, you know? I <laughs> uh, I have no idea what I would do if I saw that in the wild. I would probably say something. I would steal it. I'd probably steal it. <laughs> We're going to steal the bookmark of centaur tits. If you're here because you stole a bookmark of my tits, become a patron. Come on. Yeah, become, reach out. Reach out. Let us know. And for one pixel a month for the rest of your life, you can someday assemble a kind of okay fuzzy picture of Brooke's one single tit. We'll give you righty. She's the good one. Yeah. Sean and I always say that one tit is funny. Two, ticks, two tits is sexual. One tit, that's hilarious. Except for on the Virginia state flag. <laughs> yeah, the only flag with a tit on it. Yep, but just one. Just we one. were doing a, a little. My classy. mom and I were doing the little like Richmond downtown canal tour, and there was a Virginia flag right there. And I was like, "Mom, did you know our flag had a boob on it?" And she was like, "What? Did y'all know that our flag has a back on it? What? There is There's a, a back. There's flip like side to the flag that is not the same as the front side to the flag. Really? That, that is one thousand percent accurate. 
That's got to be wrong. <laughs> show me the is butt. It, Go on Google right now and show <laughs> me the butt the same of the Virginia image, but State it flag. Is, there oh, yeah, is a ba- back to it that is different from the front. How come we get two flags? I mean, that's technically two flags. It says reverse. I don't know. Can't. I don't have time to do this much research. Okay, we have an email from Adele. <laughs> I think this might be from maybe like five months ago. <laughs> we have a prompt <laughs> and urgent reply but, to this no, email. She, she's asking about Order of the Phoenix, which, by the way, Adele is a very dear friend of ours. Hello, Adele. Hi, I love Adele. you so much. Thank you for emailing us. You, too, can get shouted out on the show if you send us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. I would love to hear your rambling thoughts. Not Adele, not that you're rambling. <laughs> they can't be you're worse def- than our rambling thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, this might be the most concise email um, on this episode. We have more emails. Okay, Adele says, hi, Restricted Section Gang. It's been a blast listening to the Goblet of Fire episode. So that's how old these are. The podcast started the book coverage just around when I had my big cross-country move, so I it feels like I've been able to bring a bunch of friends with me on my new adventure. Aww, love that. I have a question for all of you to consider as you're currently wrapping up and before you jump into Order of the Phoenix. Both this book, the fourth book, the first book, and Half-Blood Prince, so that's books one, four, and six, all begin with an outside perspective. That is, Harry is not the narrator or deciding the main action. I have no memory of this place. <laughs> if, you, if you could have one perspective to fill a chapter before we see Harry eavesdropping to the Muggle News in Privet Drive at the beginning of book five, what, who would it be? Is that what ha- Is that how this book starts? No, no, one, That's four, how, and six. Yeah, start so one with starts outside. with like a, a Vernon Dursley chapter, and then Goblet of Fire starts with a Frank Bryce chapter yeah. in the Tom Riddle, in the Riddle House. Well, I remember that because we just read it. Yeah. And then the sixth this... book starts with the uh, the new Muggle Prime Minister, Minister yeah. right? That's such. I love That's that six, chapter. though. We're not this one. So, so Order of the Phoenix doesn't do that, and Adele's asking, "What would we put there?" Oh, oh, okay, okay. Daenerys Targaryen. Um, I feel like she doesn't get enough. <laughs> she has so many chapters, honestly. <laughs> it's got boring since she got to the desert. You mean how the the last time we saw Danny in the desert, she was shitting her brains out, like, and then George R. R. Martin, she was just stranded in the desert with dysentery, and then George R. R. Martin's like, "I don't need to finish this series." <laughs> as someone who's been stranded in the desert with horrible diarrhea before um like you were just... a grip to figure out how she got out <laughs> here's the thing she doesn't have enough water i can tell you that right now yeah. that's gonna be your problem yep but she is made of fire so does she need to drink water i would actually and this is my actual harry potter answer okay <laughs> I, I would actually like to see one just one point of view chapter of what Hermione does in the summer. I just want to see mm. her chilling with her like normal ass dentist parents. Does mm, she catch mm-hmm. up with her? Does she have like friends from grade school that she's catching up with, you know, from like yeah. before she made the leap? That's like, cute. I, do you remember Hermione at 11? Do you remember book one? I also <laughs> remember myself at 11 and I still managed some friends. Yeah, I was pretty cunty when I was a kid, but yeah, I still had friends. <laughs> yeah, I was I, I was desperately uh, shy and weird and precocious and also like moved around a lot. His family moves around a lot. And uh, so like maybe she like had friends before she got that letter 
But once she got to Hogwarts, just yeah, it just no, no one wrote to her. She didn't feel compelled to write back. I just want to, I want to know what goes on in her actual brain. Like, I want to see what that thought process looks like. And oh no, I'm very yeah. interested in her family. Dynamic. Yeah, I want to know everything about her family. <laughs> I, I have a horrible feeling it would be very disappointing to read Hermione's thought process because the truth is I think Hermione was always kind of an analog for that bitch in her own books. And I think the reality is it would be very underwhelming because she's writing like the idealized version of herself. I don't know. I just think it would be one of those deals where you would expect it to be deep and insightful and it would be like Dan Brown insightful. I think it could also be like Sherlock Holmes style of her like reading a bunch of like magic books and like piecing cool shit together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If I could pick someone for a point of view chapter at the beginning of Order of the Phoenix, I would pick Kingsley Mm. because he Mm -hmm. is a really cool character who has a really, really bad last name. So we just call him Kingsley here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And he's just, he just seems really cool and he gets next to no airtime. And I would like to see him like doing some real hot horror shit. Like maybe this book starts with him going into the department of mysteries and like getting a visual on the prophecy and being like, okay, here's our Mm. first steps or Mm. something like that. I I think any POV that provides us a little bit more information on what the fuck horrors actually do in a day would be fast. Horrors. Yeah. Arrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
or an updated rehash of the intro to the first book where it's just like the owls are behaving strangely. Kind of, kind of. Look at this bizarro cat. Yeah, but like specifically from someone who does know him, right? Who like knows him, but doesn't just knows him as that weird kid that goes to the criminal uh, school now. You know, there is like, I do remember in the first chapter of this book, uh, it's just like a thing Harry knows that parents around the neighborhood tell their younger kids, like that kid's a delinquent, don't mm-hmm. talk to him. So like, I, there, what, what's the one kid that Dudley beats up? That he mentions by name. Yeah. I cannot remember the name. Mm. But like that kid would be it doesn't. But it would be like that kid would be with this book. I don't remember shit. <laughs> He's not relevant at all except for that like Dudley kicks his ass a lot. But like that kid as the like a perspective character and just like cause you know, you're you're young and you're told don't talk to so and so. His name is Mark Evans. There you go. God, what a milk toast name. <laughs> it is a very milk toast name, and he would be a very milk toast person having an interesting day and not even knowing it, as milk toast people often do. And like I think that would be a good parallel with the first book, because the first book is like Vernon Dursley's noticing weird shit, but it's all because everyone's happy. Yeah. And this would be like this kid's noticing weird shit, but in the same way that like a 10-year-old in 2020 was noticing weird shit right before everything blew up. Yeah, and it, it also kind of brings up the idea that the muggle world is going to start seeing this shit more and more and is going to be more affected by the wizarding world. And I don't know, like I, I got a, like I said, I got a cool little, I thought it like a nifty little idea yeah. when uh, that prompt was yeah, given. I think, that, yeah. I think that's artistically viable. So Adele says, personally, I would love a previously unknown or relatively unimportant character running from the Death Eaters or something along those lines. Mm. It would really set up the higher stakes feel of the fifth book and give a bit of insight into the war in the shadows that's going on outside of Hogwarts after Voldemort's return. Sending lots of love from north of the border, Adele, smiley face. Thank you, Adele. Thanks, Adele. Thanks. Yeah, that was a good one. So do you guys like Order of the Phoenix? I have realized in this very short period of time that I don't remember enough to know. Okay. I I feel like probably I, I remember being like, wow, this is a lot of angst. Yep. And I remember yeah, wet, is. wet kisses. And like, I don't think either <laughs> of those what? are like things that I'm like, fuck. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you like this book, Haley? I think I do. It's I, I like a midpoint in a story mm-hmm. because like a yeah. midpoint can either be like we think we're doing great and we're not or everything seems horrible but maybe we have like maybe we'll have an advantage by the time we're through this and that's the kind of midpoint this is mm-hmm. and i like that I, I like that emotional journey it is a lot uh to deal with uh with harry being 15 but man i remember being 15 yeah, I, I I don't I'm not not sympathetic. I don't fully get a lot of his whole deal. I didn't I didn't have a I didn't have a wet kiss at <laughs> like a wet awkward kiss at fifteen. <laughs> like it wasn't it, my first kiss was wet, but it was because I was in a wave pool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the most sanitary place to have a first that kiss. One's really, getting tweeted. That's getting tweeted for sure. <laughs> <laughs> romance thy name is wave pool <laughs> at what age I, I, I have questions this was last week 
<laughs> That's not true. I think we've all kissed Haley at some point with <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it would have been the summer between eighth and ninth grade, I want to say. Cute. It was, I was at In Six the Flags. Oh, I was man. at Six Flags with Willow and some random kid, our same age, just like pulled a move on me. I was unprepared. No one ever pulled a move on me. It wasn't a good move, but it was the first one that anyone ever, I, I, I didn't have a strategy. There were no defenses, what you're saying. Like, yeah, you're saying was... a random child swam up to you and just like wave pool lunged at you? Did they wait for a wave? on earth. Like they body surfed in lips first. Meh. <laughs> Insert it Jaws was... music. <laughs> <laughs> that honestly is uh that that is appropriate to uh, He waded up to me, I'll have you know. <laughs> and asked uh, if I had a boyfriend, and I said no, and like I'm oblivious, weird question. And he's like, Well, would you like one? And I was like, I mean, I'm just here today. <laughs> and then, like, we just kind of hung out for a bit, kissed briefly, still in the wave pool, oh. wandered around. He tried to lure me into the bathroom. I did not go because I was like, no, I don't want to go in the men's room at Six Flags. This is like Tuck Everlasting levels of, like, earnest, innocent, like, oh my like God. kisses. It, was, oh my it God. wasn't even earnest. It was just baffled. Like, just... <laughs> I don't know how to extricate myself from this situation. And I don't think I like that it's happening. Not in like a traumatizing way, just in like, I wish I was doing anything but this. <laughs> Guys, we have I to- hate being nice. We have to move on. We've, we've completely lost a grip over the summer on pacing. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Mm. It's okay. Andrew, do you like this book? I vividly remember the first few times reading this series, loving this book. It is also the first book that I started to notice that I didn't like. And so I'm yeah. at this point where it's the, it's, I have not reread this one in the most time since all of them, you know, like there's a long time since I last read this book mm -hmm. and long story short, I, I think I'm going to viscerally hate it. I think <laughs> I'm going yeah. to absolutely despise it and it's one of those things where i'm have you ever hated something that you used to really like and then you learn how much you really hate it and then there's like the along with the hate there's the embarrassment it goes along with knowing how much you liked this thing in terms of that scale what are we talking about on a scale from like justin bieber to like first kiss in a wave pool <laughs> <laughs> in terms of hatred and embarrassment as a combo i'm just unembarrassable so i mean it, there is nowadays it's it's more unembarrassable for me too but like i would put it at a solid like if you ever had a friend that you had a sincere conversation where you tried to convince them that aaron carter was like a legitimate artist that didn't have to i was a girl a young girl during that time period everyone agreed <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so that girl. that now like if you had to like at like go into detail into into a weekly discussion with people about how much you liked aaron carter and thought of him as a musically gifted individual that's kind of how i think i'm going to feel about it 
Um, here's my thesis statement about Order of the Phoenix. It's a really fun book. It's way too long. It is written pretty poorly, but the story re- has really fun elements. And uh, oh, there was going to be one more thing. What was it? It's like reading it. I'm like, there's like fun things happening, but it, it takes so long and there's so much bullshit. Yeah. There's so much bullshit yeah. in this book. Just chapters and chapters of bullshit. I think like my my enjoyment of it largely comes from the fact that it's like it's a very serious, heavy book, you know, before he dies. And like I just always I love Wait, who died? I th- <laughs> 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 I thought you said serious heavy, like a serious oh, no. tone. Heavy. heavy mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like a serious heavy book until he and that wow, that hit hard. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry for scaring you like that. Um, like, I just enjoy him as a character. Like, I I always, I love prison break shit. Mm-hmm. And I was always just like, you are so smart, but so dumb. In a way that I find extremely entertaining. He's the Jack Sparrow of the Harry Potter a universe. Bit, <laughs> a little bit. Like, he's, a, he's just a, he's a lovable rascal, you know? And so, like, the fact that this book just, like, feeds that special interest of mine like when i was growing up and like had big harry potter phases that was uh, like my 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 foothold in this book that got me through everything else yeah i love that for you do y'all like the movie of this book no Mm. this is this is uh i mean the fourth book to movie adaptation wasn't great but this was the first time that there was like a lot of important information that actually needed to get included that they were like, we're just going to cut that because it's hard to film. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I like the first 15 minutes and the last 20 minutes of this movie. Okay. And everything else <laughs> okay. in between. Because like yeah. the, the scene at the ministry, it's not two book, but it's a very action-y. You'll never know love or friendship. You mean that one? Yeah. Wait, is that in this book? Yeah. yeah, he does that in this movie. Movie, yeah. He does that fight. He doesn't. He doesn't quite yes. say it in the book. So, like as a movie, I like, like I said, like if I could get a cut, it's just like the first little bit and the last little bit, really great. Yeah, you just want some scene dressing and then watch people die. Is that what? Yeah, yep. kind of. Yep. Yeah. Well, the wild thing is that, like, I like I know Harry Potter is an expensive. <laughs> is expensive to produce but the most like visually cool concepts from this book are taken out of the movie like fred and george set up that swamp in the hallway Mm -hmm. i would have loved to have seen a hallway swamp that's amazing and there's some good like peeves action obviously we don't do peeves like the movie just feels very minimalist compared to the book and like the book is it's Mm -hmm. too maximalist at times just like it's too long but a lot of the stuff in there is just like oh god but it would have been it would have it would have suffered for losing this like it would have suffered for losing the swamp it didn't need the swamp but we all love the swamp a lot of the character building that happens in the books is through people's personal expressions of their magic like where they choose to put their time and energy and what their specialties are and all that stuff and, like, when you take out all the magic in the movies, <laughs> right. you end up losing a lot of character development and a lot of character moments that really flesh people out a lot better than, like, them being cardboard cutouts who are there to say a line. Yeah. Interesting. Agree. 
That's mm. very well said. Yeah. Okay, here are some random Order of the Phoenix Order of the Phoenix hot takes from a slash there none of them are really that hot. Um from our <laughs> Discord server. If you would like to be part of our Discord community, sign up for our Patreon for just a dollar a month, and then you too can sometimes get asked questions about episodes. And you also gain the ability to personally at us for anything. It's true. It's true. (laughs) You get the ability to make takes as hot and spicy as a Chipotle mayo. Just Yeah, I I, I reiterate that none of these are hot takes, but I will read them. They are takes. (laughs) Okay, Sam, we know Sam. Hi, Sam, said, uh, we were talking about Order of the Phoenix and, like, I don't know, memories of reading it. And Sam said, I was really intrigued about how Order of the Phoenix was going to start, especially because the last book ended on such a downer. And I I do feel like I remember that when the books were originally coming out, like, the end of Goblet of Fire just being, like, so explosive. (laughs) And then you had to wait for the next one to come out. And it's like, what could possibly be going on in the next book? Turns out Harry's waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Much like We're you. All just waiting. Yeah. He's so relatable. This sounds really dumb, but like one of the few memories I have of the release of this book is being so shocked at the uh, monochromatic blue cover. Mm. Mm. Like maybe that's yeah. too weird of a book thing to put in there, but like all of the covers to date had been. Yeah, I think you're right. They'd been really colorful, colorful yeah. and yeah. they'd been, you know, they'd like shown a variety of things. And like when this is the first one you get to, and it's just all blue. Just blue. Dabu dee dabu da. It's a pretty cool cover. It is. He's going like into the Department of Mysteries with like yeah. some candles and shit. I think the next three are all pretty monochromatic. Yeah, they are. They? Yeah, because yeah. it's blue and then it's green and then it's orange. I never noticed. Oh that. yeah, orange. I don't know. There's a real design shift there. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. Um, love that. Well, it's like we're getting dark now. <laughs> we're getting dark and artsy, just like a 15-year-old Ooh. thinks they are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan in the Discord says, is this the most forgettable book? I barely remember reading it when it came out, except for the smooches. I remember when the movie came out, I had forgotten most of the plot, so the movie felt new to me. <laughs> I forget the most in this series. <laughs> yes. And I will say the book that I recall the least about is the sixth book. I would Same. vote sixth for most forgettable. Yeah. Sixth is like, is it good for the characters that Hogwarts feels like a fucking high school again? Yeah, sure. They're in fucking high school. Is it good for me as a reader? Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, what? I don't care. I think I remember the least from Order of the Phoenix and like every time I go back to read it again, I've forgotten all the same things again. Mm. And I I feel like that's easy to do because there's so many like tiny little things happening all the time in this book. Like there's a lot going on. And that's why it feels like it takes so long because it's like way too many threads. So it's like, God, you got to drop some of these plots, dude. It's like the first time that you also have like life outside Hogwarts as like throughout the book. Like there's a there's a secondary location (laughs) for the first time. (laughs) And that's why you never go to a secondary location. (laughs) There's even a third location. They go to the hospital. Yeah, they do. Which unfortunately is usually the third location if you go to a second location. Wait, I'm so sorry. I have no memory of this place. They go to the hospital? Yeah, they go to the hospital. hospital. Yeah, yeah. Over Christmas break. And and they they go to the the wizard. There's two chapters worth Well, Ron's dad is in the hospital. 
He's bit by the snake. Oh my god, guys, never mind. I don't know anything he's about bit, <laughs> Brooke, he's bit by the snake that has the telepathic link with Harry. Come on now. How no, do you not... No, I got... Okay, all right, okay. This is normal, everyday book stuff. I believe you. <laughs> okay, next, Taylor says... Luna is my favorite character, and I love her introduction as an underestimated Ravenclaw. She is so smart in her untraditional way. As scary as Umbridge is, she's an effective as fuck antagonist. Plus, who doesn't love the Weasley twins' exit? Mm. I think everybody Luna? loves Umbridge. I will say that's so like a standout of this book. In well, it's the it's like when oh man, it's like when Captain America is like fuck the government. It's just like nice. Harry Potter is like you can't trust the government. That's fun. That's like a fun villain. Uh, plus, like if you were in, I don't know if this is. I don't know what schools like these days. I'm old, but <laughs> if you were growing up in like post 9-11, like no child left behind, by which we mean every child left behind, uh, like that that school system, that public school system, ooh, Umbridge felt familiar. Yeah. Yep. I remember when Betsy DeVos was named whatever her position and was um the head of education secretary of education secretary of education headmistress of hogwarts um (laughs) there was a lot of memes about her and umbridge i think she wore an all pink outfit too and i think betsy boss took umbridge with those umbridge comparisons (laughs) good one yeah i forget that that's a word it's, you're, uh, you know, Andrew, you're Andrew. You already won with the with the premature ejaculation. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm, top I'm it, trying. I'm trying to get her again, and I I know I won't. But like, you'll never top premature ejaculation. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Taylor also <laughs> I've topped four premature ejaculation. Does that? <laughs> Taylor also mentioned the Weasley twins like exit when they they set up a swamp in the hall, and then when Umbridge corners them about it they summon their broomsticks that she has locked up and they fly away and they leave like a fuck ton of fireworks in their wake okay fireworks is a real thing i was like yeah. i feel like the answer is fireworks but i am yeah fi- like that's the thing fireworks were the least visually interesting thing about that exit and it's the only thing the movie did yeah plus like they're running an illicit business the entire year yeah, yeah. with like human experimentation Mm-hmm. And last year. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and Hermione and Ron are prefects in this book. So many change dynamics. Yeah. It gets spicy. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much because it puts like so much emotional labor on Hermione because obviously Ron's not gonna do anything mm-hmm. unless Nothing. she's pestering him. And I fucking hate that life for her. Why didn't fucking Dean Thomas get it? Hmm. I yeah. I've got a I've got a good. well I've got a pet yeah, theory. Like he's about just it. responsible. He doesn't cause problems. <laughs> I've got a pet theory about this, a, a no prize solution, but it, it really makes Dumbledore look terrible, which is that Dumbledore thought that even though he knew that Harry was a good boy TM who, you know, was gonna grow up and do the right thing, that this Sacrifice was a way himself. Yeah, this is a way to make sure that he stays humble as fuck because he resents the wow. fact that like Wow. Oh, that Ron of all, not even, not even Dean, not even, you know, like one who could potentially actually deserve it. No, Ron's going to get it because let's be fair about it. You know, like, 
There's like a whole page in this book devoted to Harry being like, why am I so mad about this? Is because mm. I think I'm better than Ron. And yes. then he's like, yeah, it kind <laughs> of do. is. Yeah, it, it kind of is, is because I way. kind of am. <laughs> okay, the next message is from our friend Ashley in the Discord. Ashley says, I like Order of the Phoenix all right. I get it's annoying how angry, moody Harry is and that he alienates his friends constantly. But I get it how the Ministry Umbridge treat him. My annoyance is that Moody Harry is sloppy Harry, which leads to him dragging his friends into danger. How many times do you need to be deceived before you stop and think, hey, maybe I'm being tricked here? Could he not have checked into Sirius at Grimmel Place more thoroughly before hightailing it down to London? And of course, Snape is going to play dumb in front of Umbridge, but I guess he's only 15, so whatever. That whole thing was about the entire climax of this book where Harry has a vision that Sirius Black is like being tortured by Voldemort in the Department of Mysteries. And he's like, we all need to go and I will endanger all of my friends for this. You know what no one ever mentions? And we'll get there. We'll get there at some point. No one ever talks about this. And it's bothered me for years. The fucking mirror. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the whole elaborate plan to sneak back into Umbridge's office, which you did one time. And the whole time, Mm. you petulant little bastard, Mm -hmm. the thing you needed, the one thing you needed that could have solved all of your problems, could have solved this preemptively, in fact, by making Sirius maybe less lonely, who's to say, was the present that you didn't open in the... Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um... I don't know what you're talking about, but what you guys are forgetting is um, that the plot has to progress, and that's the only reason all of these (laughs) things occur. I'm aware of that, but, like, it makes me, like, it just feels like like an unnecessary kick in the teeth, almost. While I agree, I would say that a 15-year-old boy with poor communication skills is not, like, so fantastical that it doesn't make sense. Well, and that's the thing is, my hot take for this book is everyone hates that. Bit, and I think that is one of the most on point, like accurate to the character moves that she ever made was him because he's been so focusing on thinking something's going to happen. And when he thinks it's happening, he's already been primed for it. He's already wants he wants it to go wrong. And like Brooke said, he has terrible communication skills. He has no real resources because he's dug himself into the corner like this is the most realistic reaction that Harry would have. And that's the part that sucks about it. Also, like, he's very used to, at this point, being the one person that's, like, always proven right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, he, I mean, they've done the same amount of dangerous shit before. Going to the Chamber of Secrets was an all-around poor choice. They sprung a convict from a werewolf and a whole, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like... It's not exactly a scenario where it's like, this hasn't panned out for him before. Right. My thing is, like, you couldn't open a present. Like, you you were grumpy, so you couldn't open a present. And the thing that was the present was basically a cell phone. Yeah. yeah. Like a wizard cell phone. It was phone. the deus ex machina. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 he that finds... never got machina Yeah. So it's like, it's if you're that used to being fucked over... Any, like, anything that you identify, it's like a weird mental thing. Anything that you're like, I'm being mean about this, I'm being shitty about this, and I know it, is going to be inevitably 
the thing that ultimately fucks you over even worse later. So just like open the present, man. Yeah. Just open the present. You know how this goes. Yep. You know how your luck works. Yeah. You know you're the fucking main character. <laughs> also, Haley, or uh, Christina, I hate to contradict you. It's go- it it is Deus Ex Machina. It just hasn't Machina yet. Because it's going to. It's not that it failed to. It's going to. I need you to understand that that's exactly what she said. Oh, is it? I'm sorry. She literally said it's deus ex machina that never machinas. Thank you. Well, no, it does eventually, though. In the seventh one. That's what Mm. I'm saying. Okay, our next message is from Aaron, who says, To me, this book really demonstrates how badly Hogwarts needs a counselor or therapist for these kids. If Harry could have discussed some of his anxiety about Dumbledore being weird with him, had someone to reflect on who his dad really was, or a trusted adult could just listen to him, maybe some of the tragedy could have been avoided. When I originally read it, I thought for a moment Harry's conversations with McGonagall might go that way, but alas, he was offered another biscuit. Maybe once she took over as headmistress, she implemented a counselor. Goodness knows the students needed it. Maybe for career advice and general mental health needs. That's my headcanon, at least. No, This is the best take. We've discussed this before that Hogwarts needs a counselor desperately. Surely it's in the budget. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Hogwarts needs a counselor. And with that, they're going to have to hire a counselor for that counselor. Like, there's no way (laughs) that you don't have... It's like buying hamsters. You can't just buy one. It's going to like get depression. It's counselors all the way down. Here's what you got to do. You hire a counselor. And then every time that counselor has given wise advice and the kid's feeling good again, she just goes over to Madame Pomfrey and she's like, obliviate all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Take it all out. (laughs) I was going to go a much sweeter route and say that the counselor at Hogwarts should be, should like, uh, marry madame pomfrey and then they can just sort of like commiserate and support each other (laughs) that's a nicer take (laughs) okay yeah i mean for sure hogwarts needs a therapist that would and there is a lot of that in this book about harry just being like well i have no one to fucking talk to except for these two idiots who are idiots in different ways and they're always fighting about it next on the list we have an email from mots hi mots do you want to do the song andrew Matza. Thank you. There you go. Matza, I don't know when he sent this. I don't remember. I just put them in the list and I'm like, I'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> it's later. It's now Mott's, later. <laughs> Mott says, hello again. During my last reading of the books, I have found it harder and harder to take Voldemort seriously. And I think a part of the reason is the fact that he is possibly the world's biggest nerd. One, we don't see a ton of Voldemort from his own school days, but from what we hear about him, he seems like a huge bookworm. He got amazing grades. Dumbledore refers to him as possibly the most brilliant student Hogwarts has ever had. And as far as I can tell, he spent a ton of time in the library searching through his family history and stuff. Two, he not only gave himself a nickname, he also made said nickname an anagram of his actual name. What in the world is nerdier than sitting down and trying to figure out the best way to turn your name into an anagram? Three, he made his little gang all get matching outfits and tattoos. Four, he loves a good monologue. I mean, he has that moment at the end of Goblet of Fire where he monologues for three straight chapters. He has that monologue in book one down in the basement with Quirrell. And best of all, memory Tom Riddle has that monologue (laughs) down in the Chamber of Secrets. So Voldemort must have loved monologuing already as a teenager. (laughs) And his example is, when I, Tom, when I woke up, I thought to myself, what (laughs) what do I do today? The weather is nice. The sun is shining, not a cloud in the sky. And Lucius goes, Tom. 
And Tom says, don't interrupt me when I'm monologuing. <laughs> now, where was I? Oh, yes, the weather. <laughs> what does this make? What does this all make him if not the biggest nerd the Wizarding World has ever seen? Next thing you'll tell me is that he spends his weekends with the gang playing D&D at Malfoy Manor. I'm becoming more and more convinced that Puff's got it right. Death Buddies is a more accurate name for this group. Anyway, I hope y'all have a fantastic day. Best wishes, Mons. Yes, there's a scene in Pixar's Monsters University where Mike and Sully get inducted into a fraternity. And it's intended to be this super intimidating thing in the actual story. But it keeps getting interrupted by one of the guy's moms doing laundry or whatever. And that's how I'll be picturing the Death Eaters receiving the dark mark from now on. Just a bunch of kids in their mom's basement. Oh no, it would be a treehouse. That's my dad had a <laughs> my dad had a tattoo that he got when he was twelve and belonged to a gang called the Red Mill Swamp Rats. This was in Newark, Delaware, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in like the nineteen sixties, and they made like they got they gave each other ballpoint uh, pen like treehouse tattoos. Stick and pokes. Yeah, that's yeah, stick and pokes. It was just his name, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I picture. I, oh, I mean, man. I think this is like the most apt um, parallel to the KKK um, yeah. because mm-hmm. uh, it's also heavily nerd based theory. But the thing yeah. is, is like nerds aren't scary because you're not expecting them to do anything. Once the nerds have killed, they become scary because they're willing to kill. And right. the, the rest yes. of it is just dressing. That's an important character trait. Yeah, they've talked themselves into it. Yeah, now I can't help but think of, like, (laughs) of Tom Riddle as, like, Gavin McGinnis, like, the charismatic nerd that's able to get a bunch of other horribly fucked up, you know, super far right-wing nerds to follow him and starts the Proud Boys. Like, Well, and I'll just say, like, cult leaders are never cool. (laughs) They're just, like, very persuasive. Yeah. With, like, a strong vision. I've been wondering myself, like, it's established, I think mostly in book six, that, like, he underwent a bunch of vague magical transformations, alterations, and that's part of why he looks the way that he did. But, like, what what was he doing? He got spoopy plastic surgery. Right, exactly. So Mm. I'm sitting here like, I don't... I'm sure he did do, like, weird magic stuff to himself, but, like, I, some of that must have been purely cosmetic. Yeah. Like, this, <laughs> this has, yeah, this has, like, the, the guy with, like, the split tongue and, like, yes. the, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. yeah Voldemort I, has split tongue energy. <laughs> right. Just sitting there, like, hunched over a piece of paper, like, drawing a round face with no nose, like, yeah, then I'm gonna... Just gonna take it off and like, yeah, yeah, like just getting super pumped over a really bad drawing, and he's like thirty two, which just makes it awkward. And this was me last night. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, your nose is fine. Okay, okay. Haley, who's your favorite character that we meet in Order of the Phoenix? Tonks. 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 That's the answer. Brooke, what about you? I don't know any of the characters that we meet in this book, but <laughs> Haley has informed me that Tonks is one of them, and I like Tonks, so there we go. Nice. Tonks has Tina vibes. Uh, that's why I don't really like her. I know. <laughs> I'm like, yikes, she's kind of a nightmare, guys. <laughs> no, she's so charming. She's like a fun nightmare, though. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Um, 
Andrew, who's your favorite new character that we meet in this? I mean, I, I, I will always love Shacklebolt, but... We call him Kingsley here. Yeah. Shacklebolt! Sorry. But I uh, I still gotta go with Tonks, though. I just... Wow. Yeah. I would love to see, like, a buddy cop, like, spinoff, like, a buddy cop thing of Kingsley and Tonks. Clonks. K-L-O-N-K-S. Nope. <laughs> that would be the end of the first episode, would be Tonks being like, we should have a team name. Like, Clonks? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I believe what you want is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but a magic. <laughs> okay, but that would be hilarious. My favorite character that we meet in Order of the Phoenix is so stupid, but I really like the cunty portrait in Dumbledore's office, Phineas Nigelus. Yes! Oh, yeah, I forgot him. He's oh, like my God. He's he, so who? good. He has, he's like, he was a headmaster at sl- Hogwarts, but yeah. he was also a member of the Black family, so he has portraits in both places, Grimmauld Place and Hogwarts, mm. and he can go back and forth, and he's rude about it. And he was the head of Slytherin House for a while, too. Okay, last question, and then we have one email, and then we'll be done. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Last question is: What's your the the thing you're like most looking forward to reading in this book? Like Teen the thing that, dating. Yeah, I mean, is really the draw of this entire book as an adult. It's because I feel like it's the one thing that this book gets real right. Like, you know what I mean? Way too right. So I'm ready. I'm ready for teen dating. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a shit show. I love everything that goes down at Grimald Place. Okay, yeah. I, I just, I love that energy. I uh, I think I'm going to go with the uh, student anti-fascist militia. That's my favorite aspect of this movie. Wow, okay. this is all so on brand so far, yeah. Tina. Um, my favorite is probably all of Fred and George's shenanigans. Because- <laughs> wow! <laughs> because right down the line. We did it, guys! <laughs> Just like they thought we were. They're so consistent. Um, well, because they, they're they doing a lot of stuff in the background of this whole book. They're like getting ready to break bad, but go be entrepreneurs. So they're, <laughs> um, and they're hustling this whole time. And they like really, they're really getting it down. And they have like these cool, fun products that they keep dropping. And then you're like, that's crazy. And then they're like, that's for sale. And it's just like, really I like that energy. <laughs> they get in a fist fight at one point. Um, oh, George man. and Harry get in a fist fight specifically. I, I, you know what? They both count. <laughs> Not with each other, with Malfoy. Oh, yeah. okay. That makes a it's lot of sense. <laughs> Your face was perfect, though. Just, just pure confusion and, like, oh, man, that was fantastic. I don't know what's happening. I'm going to read the last. It's not an email. It's an Instagram message from Amanda. She, her, hers. Amanda says, hello, I just discovered your podcast and I know you're way ahead of this, but I'm listening to the trapdoor chapter from book one right now. And I wanted to give my two cents on the how the fuck is chess transfiguration discussion. You'll remember we were like, how is this people? Yeah. (laughs) So my thoughts were always that McGonagall wasn't testing transfiguration but testing critical thinking the series sets up transfiguration to be a difficult subject because it's not like just doing a straight spell there's a higher level of thought required to really be great at it 
Every wizard has a basic level of transfiguration skills. So if she gave something to transfigure, it would be easier-ish to accomplish. But if she tested critical thinking logic, that really separates who is likely just normal versus skilled at transfiguration. Plus, McGonagall seems to me like the type of person who really admires solid critical thinking logic skills over just good grades. Like it's something that's both taught and natural. I just realized what? that makes perfect sense because she and Snape have a lot of a lot yep. in common. And he did a logic just, puzzle. He also did a logic puzzle, and I'm imagining <laughs> it as a situation of like Dumbledore at the beginning of the summer being like, "By the way, next year we are going to be uh, creating a fucked up maze vault uh, to contain an ancient relic." Uh, so I'm going to need each of you to come up with some kind of uh, death obstacle. It can be related to your skill set, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, and just, like, bring an idea <laughs> next year. And then, like, Snape went first at, like, the beginning of the school year meeting, and McGonagall was sitting there like, motherfucker! <laughs> well, Flipwit also actually has some logic involved, too, because figuring out which key would fit that lock. Yeah, but that's, like, decidedly uh, a that's charm. That's not really, like like critical thinking that's matching two-year-olds do that it was like problem solving like you have to be observant enough to see that like oh all the keys are different right but like i think the main thing was like it's it's literally physically difficult because they're flying yeah right. it's not a logic puzzle the way the others are right uh-huh great <laughs> uh, I agree with everything that was just said. <laughs> so I wouldn't have gotten through this critical thinking puzzle because my brain just um just stopped. I'm just bad at chess. Like, yeah, well, I think it's so fucking boring, dude. I've never even tried to learn. Have I mentioned at any point in our friendship that I was in chess club for two years in middle school? That was very as well. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> we're all having revelations and it's not just me and the wave pool oh my god um yeah i was in chess club and i was like mm, pretty committed to it uh, i was one of like the only girls i think it was just me and maybe one other girl Ooh. um and uh i did it instead of going to after school care this was before i got into theater so mm. you know you can really decide Good which one was the better the better trajectory. Um, but yeah. More sex in theater, probably. More sex. You've become a more fun person in theater, I would say. Yeah. I, God, I. Those aren't wrong assumptions. Um, <laughs> but like learning chess strategy makes chess much easier unless you're playing it against someone who also knows chess strategy. <laughs> But, like, if you don't know any chess strategy, you're fucked from the get-go if you're playing someone who has chess strategy. So I feel like it's almost not just critical thinking because you also kind of got to know chess strategy, which is, like, say chess strategy a rarer subset of skills. Like, I can do... I went through a checkers phase. I went through a big checkers phase. Very lonely. Uh, Alabama shot. Were you checkers. a Cracker Barrel gal? Because everything about Alabama checkers leads me to believe Cracker Barrel. Wow. Oh, no, it, I cra on the rare occasion that I ended up at Cracker Barrel, which is what would happen. I did not go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I ended up there. Well, there I would you're play wrong. the little I would play the little uh, the little the little triangle. The pegs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pegs. But no, I did like just 
when I had no friends at, at 10, uh, I would just bully my parents into playing checkers with me or play checkers against myself. And that's about the level that I was on. That's really sweet, babe. <laughs> I'm going to have to have a sibling for this kid. I'm going to just have to put myself through. Just well, don't go to Alabama. But only, be fine. but only one, though, because I had two brothers and you can't exclude anyone. So we had to play Chinese checkers always. Mm. I like Chinese checkers better, though, mm. to be. I do, too. It's fair. like easier and prettier. So thank you so much for that Instagram message, Amanda. You, too, can message us on Instagram. <laughs> if you want more sad slash embarrassing stories. Just do it. <laughs> so are any are, are there any last words about Order of the Phoenix? Like any... Do we, is it, we got anything? Are we all, all done? I got nothing left in the chamber, homie. Well, you got one thing left in the chamber. <laughs> Ayo! Pretty big thing. Forcibly ejecting it soon. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let's move on to plugs. <clears throat> I have in all capitals here, brief plugs. We're experimenting with brief plugs this season. And if you're asking if it's because Leaf Floor said there's always five minutes of Netflix recommendations that they for some reason mislabel as plugs, it is. <laughs> <laughs> And it's because we do that. <laughs> uh, Haley, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm Haley. You can find me if you must uh, on Twitter at the writ to wit. It's the scary doll face. Um, and my plug is World Archaeology Magazine because I'm old and I've taken out a subscription to a magazine about archaeology. That's hot. Wow. Thanks. I love that for you. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brooke, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Passion for Parks. You can find me on Twitter at Grumpy Brooke. Um, and I would love to plug a book called The Taste of Sugar um, by Maricel Vera. It is a beautiful uh, historical fiction about the Puerto Rican diaspora after American occupation. Mm. Nice. Thank you so much for that recommendation. Andrew, what do you got to plug this week? First, you can find me every once every six months on the uh, Discord. So just join Patreon and Tag you will him. then be able to message me directly without me wanting you to. So you will be <laughs> able to have conversation if you so desire. You can pay um, to remove barriers to contact. Pay to remove barriers <laughs> to get access. There you go, baby. Capitalism. <laughs> Woo! Um and then I will plug Hotel De Luna, a show that I found on Netflix that I absolutely loved and thought was really pretty. Nice. Thank you for your recommendation. I'm Christina. You know where to find me. Um, you can also recently find me on the Belated Binge podcast. I think my episode on that podcast came out last Thursday. You might remember Zach Haley from our longest episode ever, the Veritas Serum episode. Oh, yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I was a guest on Belated Binge, so please check that podcast out. It's, like, also a very dope Harry Potter podcast, much like ours. And here's a couple of random books I've read over the summer. <laughs> okay, I read the book Cultish, The Language of Fanaticism by Amanda Montel, which I enjoyed. The Midnight Library by Matt Haig, which I everyone's been talking about, and I think it deserves it. People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry, a very cute little rom-com reread fucking Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That shit slaps. No plot or character to speak of, but it's a great book. 
And I also read the Caraval series by Stephanie Garber, which is like a very fun fantasy trilogy. Um, so those are some books that I have read over the summer that I recommend to you. And I recommend that you go listen to Belated Binge. I recommend that you sign up for our Patreon. And um, thanks, guys, for joining me for the very first episode of Season 5 and um, to get ready for Order of the Phoenix. Do we say you're welcome? I never know what to say here. Just say, yeah, like, yeah. That's right. You, All right. you guys usually pretend you're really exasperated. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, I don't God. Um, pretend. <laughs> yeah, it's pretending, right? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is one of those subtle mean moments. <laughs> in case you're not catching on okay so i i don't like the way we did outros last season they're so contrived so i've contrived a different outro <laughs> than what you think <laughs> before we go i would like to say a few words hullabaloo bumbershoot flabbergast schmooze thank you so much see you next week a plus. A plus. No, it'll be no, different, different words, words every, every time. time. That's delightful, actually. Different fanciful words. Because you get it because of the Dumbledore quote. Yeah. Nitwit Todd blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah. Nitwit Oddwit Blubber Twit. He was talking to Todd specifically. <laughs> <laughs> nitwit Todd. Todd is the nitwit. <laughs> now eat. <laughs> Dumbledore said calmly. <laughs> That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. What would you do if there was a terrifying prophecy about you? Or you had to go on a perilous quest to save a friend. Or everything you loved was in danger and the world was about to end. Whoa, uh, slow down, Charlie. You know what to do when all that crazy stuff happens, right? Call Ghostbusters? No, <laughs> you listen to Of the Eldest Gods. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Sorry, Ray. Uh, y'all can listen to our podcast about the Rick Riordan books. <laughs> we'll cover each chapter and talk about some of the fucked up mythological context. And we'll probably get cursed by Zeus. Let's know. hope that doesn't happen this season. <laughs> Catch Oteg on all your podcast platforms. And eat some blue food while you listen. Wish us luck while we survive the apocalypse. Charlie. What? Brooke was so worried that we were going to catch on to the fact that she's secretly been a cyborg this entire time. Dave X Media.